Welcome to The Rural Rockstar, a podcast dedicated to empowering rural women with the tools and inspiration to transform their lives and businesses from the inside out. I share my journey of Survive to Thrive in life and business, and I show what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I also interview other rockstar women from around the world to inspire you to do it too. My mission is to empower the next generation of rural changemakers to show up and be the leaders we need. I'm Katrina, your rockstar host. Let's rock. Hello and welcome back to the Rural Rockstar. I'm your host, Katrina Myers, and today I'm joined by Benita Bench. Hi, Benita. Hey, Katrina. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. It was just so lovely. I, I cannot wait to dive into this conversation because we've just been chatting about how much Benita and I have in common <laughs> and it's ridiculous. So it's going to be a lovely conversation. We'll have to make sure that we cut ourselves off, I think. But um, Benita is a coach and an online course creator like myself. She's also a mother of four. Uh, she's an author. She's from a farm in Queensland where they farm beef and cropping with her husband uh, at a little, near a little, is it a small town, Mooney? I don't even know how big Mooney is. Is it a small town? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you probably wouldn't even call it a town. It's more like a community. Yeah. A community. Okay. Yep. And funnily enough, also studied, studied rural science at university. I studied ag science. So there's just so many things that, and we're so connected in why we're doing the work we're doing. And I'm really looking forward to delving into sort of, yeah, how you got to be where you are now and all the things that you have discovered through working with rural women and empowering rural women and mums and all the good stuff. And I just think, yeah, it's just so lovely to have you on because we do just, we just, I just feel like we're so aligned in the work that we're trying to do. And this podcast really is, it's all about showcasing rural rock stars for inspiration. So like yourself, but also equipping women with the tools so that they can become rock stars too. Because to me, that's what it's all about. Like it's very well, and sometimes it can be, you know, you see these women doing these great things, but you're like, oh, that'll never be me. But this is all about showing women that, that it can be them too. And it's all about really the work that you're doing and the work that I'm trying to do with women that shows them the way. So, Benita, we'd love, we always love to start with sort of how did you end up living on a farm near Mooney? What got you to there? And you can start on the journey wherever you like from, from birth or whatever works for you, but tell us the story of how you got to be where you are now. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Katrina. So I guess it's, it's a little bit of a full circle for me. I'm a Queenslander originally and grew up in the South Burnett region of Queensland on a farm there with my um, parents and three siblings and went through my schooling life there and then actually ended up in New South Wales at UNE studying rural science um, and then spent a good chunk of time down in New South Wales and met my husband in Armidale while we were living there. Um, while I was working and he was he was finishing uni and we sort of had then pursued our careers and had our kind of early professional years spent around Armidale, Gunnedah and then down to West Wyalong um, and we started to get into some farming uh, down in down down in that area because my husband's in the Riverina and so we sort of it was looking as though we were going to maybe stay down in southern New South Wales and be farming in conjunction with his family. And then this is sort of the short version of the story. Um, <laughs> but we we came to a bit of a crossroads in terms of would we would we stay down there or would we move back to Queensland when we had the opportunity with my family to sort of become 
a little bit more involved in the family farming business. So it was a pretty big decision for us, um, having to decide which where to live and um, how how things would go with business and farming. But we we've always loved this Gundawindi region, and so when the when plans evolved with my family, we decided we'd we'd move back up here. And so we lived in Gundawindi for a couple of years and were at that during that time just scoping out the next step and the next step eventually was in 2000 June 2015 we um we bought this property in conjunction with my parents and we've been here ever since so we're really I guess living out a dream here um as you know life on the land is not always a dream but living out a dream in that we're pursuing our passions Adam is a really passionate farmer and the livestock's a little bit more my thing, um, but and we get to do both here, and we're sort of part of the broader family business picture as well, which is um, it involves feedlotting and seed stock production, commercial cattle production, and um, fodder production. So we get to be a part of the bigger picture as well, and we love it here. It's a really great spot, and yeah, we're really happy, Katrina. So that's how we came to be where we are in a in a nutshell (laughs) yep and again we'll have to talk about this afterwards but so many similarities in the decision making of where to end up and my husband's from West Wyalong and it just it just continues um (laughs) I love it so all right then so you're back on the farm and you've been back there for how many years now have you been on so it's your family farm that you kind of went back to with them and all that kind of stuff so how long have you been back there so just to be clear, this isn't the family farm. This is a new, we, my family farm's up up around Murgis. So we've, that's actually been sold now and we've all sort of moved out to the Western Downs region. Um, but yes, we've been back. We've, we've had this place for six years. So we kind of, I think it works because we, it has worked well because we purchased this as a, as grownups, I suppose, with, with my parents and we've come in as business owners on a similar level to my parents and instead of sort of that coming back to the farm and having to work through all of the you know then the wife comes home and all of that so we didn't um I think it's worked well because we've come in as equals and it was a joint decision and has sort of evolved from there yeah rather than coming home to the family farm in the traditional sense I suppose yeah, absolutely. I can see that being yeah smoother and easier and and um, better from a business perspective as well for sure. Yeah, so yeah, that's interesting. So, what led you then, and what did you do? Because I looked, I was you know having a look up what you've been up to, and you you had a business like prior to kids, you had a bit of a marketing communications kind of PR type business, and then you got into coaching. So, talk us through that. Like, what was the journey from you know you did ag science, then you ended up with your own business, and now you're a coach. So, <laughs> how did that yeah. kind of evolve? <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, it's it's funny, isn't it? I think I. On reflection, I think I was always destined to be a coach and I think I sort of always was, even in whatever role I was doing, it was always from a place of wanting to help others move forward. So I started in the beef industry because that's one of my other passions and what I grew up with, what I knew. And so I had five years in the beef industry and then moved down to be with Adam and started working for a PR company in Tamworth with Sefton Associates, which amazing to work with Robbie Sefton Robbie and um, 
Yeah, yeah. She's that was an incredible experience and taught me so much. Yeah. And so getting into then that I always had a bit of an interest in marketing. So I kind of dove then into that PR marketing world and quite soon after saw the opportunity to work specifically with um at that point it was just with livestock producers to help them with their with seed stock producers to help them with their sale campaigns. Um, so I sort of started to start out the and I and I always wanted to be in business for myself. So then um yeah, started to offer my services to help people with their bull sale catalogues. And then it kind of just grew from there. Over five to six years, I started, we I grew my team and we um we did more broad scale marketing. So marketing campaigns, did some events, PR, published magazines, we did everything. So it kind of really grew and became more was always rural focused, but became a little bit broader scope than just cattle producers. Um and then when we this sort of ties into my story of having kids in this mm-hmm. in this part, but um, uh, I, I guess to cut the story short, at the end of 2012 <laughs> when I, I was still doing that work, but I really hit a wall and got really stale and really um, just didn't know. I, I was just wasn't loving my work and my market, the marketing work anymore and felt really stuck and stale. and. That's putting it nicely. I think I was probably just really quite, my mental health wasn't good either. And it was at that point that I started to work with a business coach. And it's it's not, it's funny how you leave things to when things are not going well to to seek out a coach. But, and I wish I had had a business coach for years before that. One of such a huge learning, mistake I'll never make again. Um, But when I started to work with this business coach, I, in a matter of a couple of sessions, he quickly, sort of could see my potential and once I started to really look at what I really wanted again um became really clear that that was the path that I probably had naturally already started to take with mentoring some other women in business and that just kind of organically happened and then I started to think oh that I, I would I would love to do this and um yes I made the decision I thought that's what I'd like to transition into and started to study and 12 months later um, was nearly, my, my workload had nearly transitioned from from marketing over to a coach, uh, probably yeah, not quite a full-time coaching load. But yeah, uh, I think it was always an inner calling, but I needed someone to help me see the possibility and to guide me a little bit into how to actually move into that coaching space. Mm, yeah, and to have the courage to do it. It was so interesting that you said about working with the coach there and getting back to thinking about what you wanted and then how to get there. It's like all the stuff that we teach women about now. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, so and all the stuff that you probably now teach everybody. So that's really interesting. And yeah, I kind of agree more about uh, the help of having a coach and that objective and someone outside to look in and help you and support you on that journey for sure, which is obviously again why you're doing what you're doing. So so tell us about then, so you started coaching. So then, you know, you're an author as well. You've written a book called The Art of Trying. So about how how the challenges of having kids and all that sort of stuff. So talk us talk to us about that and how that kind of tied in. So you did the coaching, pro, the course, and started coaching before having kids? Yes, I did. Yes. So I, I guess the um, we had been trying, yeah, having we had a hard time conceiving. Yeah. Um, infertility was 
really, really difficult. And it's how I came to be in coaching, I think, because I was at that point, we'd been trying to conceive for over two years and had experienced uh, a miscarriage. And I think I really gotten to a point of a really, really low point myself around. And one of those decisions was to actually start to make some plans again. And um, because I, I had stopped doing that in that quest for wanting to have a baby, I basically stopped making plans and stopped. Uh, everything was just about having a baby. Everything was about becoming pregnant. And every, I'd hinged my life on that. And that had not been a very helpful or, or a good strategy um, because it wasn't happening and it was just breaking me. So actually working with that coach and then deciding to become a coach uh, was pre-even pregnancy and uh, it really saved me to have something to focus on again and something that, you know, to really reconnect with an inner passion and go forward in a direction that I wanted to go in that wasn't dependent on having children. So um, we, so I ended up, um, uh, and I, I really believe it actually was a turning point in mm. supporting me becoming pregnant as well. Once I became more aligned, once I started to relax and let go a little bit, and I, you know, I'm the first person to hate when people say just relax and you'll conceive because it's not true. But I really do think that my getting my well-being back on track did contribute positively to eventually falling pregnant. We we went through. I had another operation and we went through IVF to conceive our first baby and then our second, number two and three as well. <clears throat> but um, certainly being in a better place mentally, physically, and, you know, I know you're all about well-being, Katrina, as am I, and it, I, I think it, it filters it into everything. So um, we moved back to Gundawindi in January 2013 and, I yeah, I started to offer coaching in my business at that point. So... Then I, yeah, I had about two and a half years of coaching uh, before kids came, before I stopped, before our twins were born. And at that point, it was just going to be way too hard to be working. So, um, yeah, it was nice to get that experience, a couple of years of experience in before the little people arrived or the more of the little people arrived. Yes. And so you wrote a book about that as well, obviously, that you wrote a book about your experience and then what yeah. to help and guide other women who are going through the same challenges. Is that what the book's about? Yeah, yeah it's not. It's definitely not a how-to book. It's, right. it's really my story. Yeah. Uh, I, so I kept a journal through all those years of going through fertility treatments and our, our loss and all of the challenges of that path to motherhood and just couldn't um, get past that feeling that I should do something with that and knew that when we were um, experiencing infertility that I really wanted to read people's stories and to have something real and raw rather than just a pamphlet at the fertility clinic. And so I, for so long, I didn't have the courage to do it. I was too scared and thought, you know, I, who am I to write, you know, our story not as bad as other people's and am I I don't even know if I can write I don't know how to write um and eventually and it was again only through starting to work with another amazing coach at the end of 2018 that I made the decision that I would do it and and I know we're going to talk a little bit about decision today Katrina and 
it's such a powerful example, powerful example that you don't need to have all the answers, that you can make a decision purely just because it's something you want and you don't need to know the how. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I didn't know the how at all. But once I made that decision that I would write the book because I felt such a strong obligation to myself and to other women going through that challenge to find a way to do it. And so it was published, I, pub, I self-published it in t- November 2019 and um, it's been the most incredible thing. It, like it's connected me with so many women and I hope has and I think has helped a lot of women um, just through sharing my story. There's, some, there's a few tips in there and bits and pieces, but I think it's just the power, the, the vulnerability through storytelling is such a connector and I think that's mostly what we want uh, is to feel connected and to feel supported. And to know it's not just you, to know it's not just you because it's so bloody isolating to go through that mm. on your own. In the bush, particularly when you're living in rural areas and travelling, you know, hours and hours and spending you know, just spending so much money trying to conceive a baby and to just purely through travelling and accommodation alone um, is massive. So, yeah, that's, that's I guess, the place it came from for me was just to help others and it's, I'm so proud of it. Oh, absolutely. And you're so spot on. That's what it's all about. Just having that, you know, being someone else has been through this as well. It's not just me. It's so special to be able to to have that. And, you know, thank you for sharing it because I'm sure it absolutely has helped so many women. I can think of so many women that it's, you know, that would would have appreciated, you know, when, when we were going through that stage too, just to have that, oh, look. And it's, you know, it's just beautiful to be able to read that from someone else and it's not confrontational. You have to talk about it even. You can just read about it and it's there and it's, yeah, yeah and that vulnerability is just so amazing. So is that what then sort of led you to focusing more on, because I know that you now focus more around uh, mothers, like your coaching practice and your courses are more directed at mothers. So is that, you know, is that the natural progression of what happened then and why you've become more focused on on mothers? I think Again, my own experiences and story have contributed to me specialising in working with mothers now through my coaching program. Um, so when I used to coach before kids, it was women in business. I worked with uh, women, micro business owners, mostly like women like us who work from home and have businesses. Um, so I'm really passionate about supporting entrepreneurial women. Uh, but I think I found a sweet spot for me and a special place in my heart after my own challenges, I guess, in the early years of motherhood. And again, <laughs> hitting another big wall, like I can just see these, I call it the black hole. And I have these, there's like three or four four of them maybe um, at different points in my life. And Another one of those, one of those was what I described um, at the end of 2012, and then another clearly defining time was the end of 2018, when our boys were four and two and two and um, nine months old, and just it just all caught up with me. I think Katrina, like just I, I just felt really unhappy. Um, so happy to have my beautiful boys, so happy to be on our beautiful farm. Like I felt like I've got everything I want here. What's the problem? Um, but the problem was that I just forgotten about me in all of that and hadn't paid any attention to myself for years. And 
looking after these little people and yeah it's it's so funny you know you can you can be really happy yet still have this gaping void within you and um it was purely because I just was totally out of alignment with myself and who I was and was I thought it was the thing that to be doing to putting my everyone else before me and I've since learned that everything is a lot better. I'm a lot better. My family's a lot better when it's the other way around, when when I actually put myself first and look after me first. So through starting to work with a coach again at that point, um, it yeah, I, I turned everything around. And so I think my coaching now comes from that place of not wanting a mother to ever feel stuck. Mm-hmm. and um, and so I think there's so many incredible coaches out there supporting real women such as you and I can think of so many others. And, I, yeah, I, I've just made the decision that I, I want to specialise in. And, I mean, so, so many of us are mums, but not everyone is. So I, I just want to really focus in on that motherhood field and studying with Dr Sophie Brock who and really understanding all of the stuff that we consume in our society around who we should be mm. and what it means to be a perfect mother and how we take all that on board and how that affects our identity. And yes, there's, there's a lot there that I think we need to, to help women move forward as well as in um, through, through our coaching is to really understand about why we're showing up the way we're showing up as mothers, as a result of this Institute of motherhood. Mm. Absolutely. And the stories and the beliefs and what society tells us about how we should behave and how what we should do and what motherhood means and what it means to be, you know, a good mother or a worthy person and all that stuff is just, yeah. And so that's obviously what you coach women all about now, which I just love because it's exactly the work that I do too. And I think your story is so relatable because so many women, so First of all, there's a lot of women, and this is where I was too, similar to you, is that you're just functioning in that world. You just go, go, go. You never actually even stop to question, am I happy? Why am I doing this? What's it all for? Like you just don't question it. And then when you can get to this point where you often it is, I'd be interested to see what you think as well because Meg and I talk about this a lot too, but often it's when you hit rock bottom. Like you, you get to this point where you're just like, oh, I'm at the bottom, like I've got, you know, this is it, I am down and out. That's That can be the awakening and the awareness moment and the turning point. And and then that's when you start to look for like, okay, well, why is this happening? Why have I got, you know, my life should be perfect to, on the external but the internal's not and I'm still miserable and I'm not happy really and I'm out of alignment. And then that's when that's actually like, the gold isn't it like that when you if you get to that point it's like yeah we are on the way up this is all good from you know because is that what you've experienced as well with women like that's often the turning point absolutely I think the the turning point is the awareness of where you're at Mm. and the acceptance of where you're at and Mm. I remember when I really was in that low place at the end of 2018 I wrote it I got a big piece of butcher's paper this was in the middle of harvest and was having you know was actually really wondering if I could you know continue functioning the way I was and looking after these kids at the same time um I got this big piece of butcher's paper and I wrote it all out like a big mind map I've still got a I think I ended up burning it but I've still got a photo of it (laughs) um and it was really 
holy moly, Katrina, it was really uh, like, wow, no wonder you feel this way because it was like anger, frustration, resentment, um, guilt, fears, all the stuff and just layer upon layer of things that I hadn't been addressing for for a few years while I was in that. I was just, I'd just been in survival mode. But that, that is how I would describe it, just purely surviving. Mm. And um, to see it on paper, so as you know, you know, something we teach as well about the power of getting it on paper and journaling and mm. that point of going, wow, there's there's a lot going on here that I need to sort out. And so, yes, I, and it is the same with the women I work with. I think just bringing them to that point or helping them come to that point of and on, and being honest with yourself, it takes a lot of courage to be honest with yourself and vulnerable with yourself to see really what's going on and why mm-hmm. but it's also the point of such power and it's and it's the the springboard then to start to take action and turn things around so and I think for so many of us where we end up the direction we end up going in comes from that often comes from that place of pain mm. and you can then look back with such gratitude and go I'm so glad I'm so grateful for that I came through that experience and what I learned because it's then guided me onto the next the next step so much possibility comes from that place once you once you get through it <laughs> and you can yeah. start to see the light again and and actually that's kind of when you know you're on the right path don't you reckon when you can have an experience it's really hard but then reasonably quickly you can be like oh well what did I learn from that and how am I going to see that as growth and then you go ah oh, I'm doing the work and I'm on the right track <laughs> I reckon now I'm yeah like, yeah I Totally yeah. agree. Yeah, because that's actually the hard part. Instead of those, like that is the sort of the difference, isn't it? Because you're not, it doesn't mean that your life's going to be all rosy. You're never going to experience hard things once you start doing the work and make the changes. It just means that when the hard things happen, you can deal with them and you can see them as growth and learning rather than, the, you know, spiralling into a downwards, you know, a hole, you know. So that's actually, yeah, when you know you're on the right path now, isn't it? You're like, oh, okay, this is good. I'm learning and I'm growing. Yeah. Life challenges are just part of life and, you know, that's, that's the place you really want to get to, isn't it? Well, that's what I've enjoyed about the whole experience. Yeah. Work. <laughs> I, I think the difference for me, though, at that point, Katrina, was, and as I said, I'd, I'd probably experienced a couple of those breakdowns, I suppose. The difference about this one was is that I decided I would never be there again. I would never go back there. And in order to do that, I knew I needed to make some really deep changes. And that, because I think in the past when I'd experienced that, point of I call it breakdown I actually think it's just burnout it's just complete burnout Uh, that would be a more a better description of it I think in the past I just tried to address it through behavioral stuff again like okay let's go back to eating well sleeping well you know exercise but this time around I knew I needed to make some I needed to reprogram myself I needed to change a lot of the stuff going on in my head and why the subconscious programs that were leading me to that point and so I guess since then everything's changed because I've done the, I'm, I shouldn't have done it. It's ongoing for, you know, every day. It's, it's always a journey to be changing these paradigms and, and continuing to grow and work on them. Um, but once I learned how to do that and once I learned what was really going on underneath that was determining all of what was happening for me, then 
that's the magic and that's when I knew that this is what I need to focus on with other women yes absolutely and so that's what you now teach in your course I'm 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 guessing is all, all this work like how to how to delve into the stories and the beliefs that you've formed and what is your identity and how you're showing up and then how do you reprogram the subconscious and work with all of that is that is that what you now teach yeah that's part of it absolutely so understanding your mind um understanding your stories and beliefs, fears, unpacking that. But also there's some really practical stuff in what I teach as well around um, as a, because the, the women that come into my program are mums like us mm-hmm. who um, are managing multiple balls in the air and quite often the women that come into the program have businesses as well or are wanting to be in business. So there's tips and tools around actually juggling all of that successfully and the mindset required to do that. And I guess the other big part of Illuminate is, Katrina, is, and I guess it give, the name gives it away, um, and I heard you mention this on one of your other podcasts about shining a light, and that phrase for me is it means everything, it, and Illuminate is about shining a light back on you mm. to light the way forward. So there's a big element to it around shining a light on your gifts and what you want and your goals and dreams and how you can live in the possibility of that and how do we how do we bring more of that to the surface because I don't think you know you talk about rock start I love that and in my in my coaching I talk about being the star of your show so there's such a similarity there um and allowing yourself to be the star of your own show and I think we're all rock stars. We just actually need to find, we just need a, a light shine on us to, to work out what we want to be a rock star in and have someone to help us do that. Mm. Um, so it's, I feel so passionate about this and it's just about everyone being the best version of themselves. It's, mm. just, helping, it's just helping other women to be who they really are and have the courage, confidence and ability to bring that to the surface around also their other parts of their life their children and their whatever it might whatever else they've got going on um Mm -hmm. so yeah I guess that's a little snapshot of of what it is it's a really it sort of touches on the spiritual the mental the emotional the physical so all of the components of our well-being and uh who we are and what we want and how to get it yeah I love it. It's all exactly the same stuff that I love working with women with as well. And it's just, you know, and it's so interesting. You and I both, like we've talked about so many similarities, but, you know, once you can uncover what it is you really want, which can often be the really hard bit, because for a lot of women, they've never, they haven't stopped for years to think about what they really want. And it actually feels like so selfish and so wrong to even think about what you want. Um, but once you do that and you start doing that work and you peel back the layers and you start to live more in alignment, that's where you get to be more joyful in just the everyday. And I, I read one of your posts about, you know, you can actually have four kids and feel calm and feel joy and enjoy life. And a lot of that comes back to like you've got to figure out what it is that you want and live into your alignment so that the everyday can just feel good, you know, like and it's it's sort of this kind of journey that you have to go on isn't it because people are just you yeah. know that's one of the things that I realize is it is just about learning to just enjoy the everyday as well you know but you've got to get into alignment to do that would would you agree 
Yeah, I do. I think, and I think we have to make feeling good a priority. Yeah. And, but also it's so much about the word alignment. There's so much to that. And, but Mm. it's really, I think, just about getting back to listening to Mm. yourself, Mm -hmm. listening to yourself. And, And like you just said, so often we we haven't done that and I know when I started to ask explore that question at the end of 2018 where I'd had this 10-year period of trying to become a mum you know years and years of trying to become a mum and all the stuff that went through that pregnancies having babies and then just surviving those early years I hadn't thought about what I wanted for bloody years because I thought that all you know all what I wanted was to have a family and I I Thankfully, thanks to, you know, thank you. And I'm so grateful that I was able to achieve that. Um, but when it came to then exploring, well, what else do I want? I was mm. like drawing a blank. Like, I don't know. What what mm. can I what can I do now? I know I've got skills and talents, but I'd lost so much confidence. Mm. And I feel guilty I, I, then. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, like how would I uh, the question I had at that time was how would I actually have time and ability to do any of this other stuff that I want to do? And mm. But it's amazing how once you start to actually think about what you want, how things just start evolving um, mm-hmm. purely through that tapping into that energy again mm-hmm. of allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to dream and to explore that. I distinctly remember sitting down and starting to just write out, what do I want? What do I want? Asking myself that question, what would I really love? And it all starts there, just giving yourself the permission to dream again. And, um, yeah, and then as you said, it's like it's a, it is a whole journey from there to then have the courage and the confidence to put it back into act, put it into action, to move forward with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, it's starting to, starting to then, starting to, I guess, listen to that little voice that says, I think you should do this. And quietening all those other voices that you hear in your head that come from people pleasing and what you think you should do and all of the layers of stuff that we carry around and just peeling all that back to to actually be truthful with yourself. Mm-hmm. And and that's the work in itself, isn't it? And for so many of us, we don't even realize that we have these different voices in our head, and it's detaching. It's being able to detach from like that my, I am not my thoughts, you know, and I, yes, I have these negative yeah. thoughts, but deep inside there somewhere is another little voice, which is, you know, my higher self or whatever saying, no, actually you are meant for more and you can do more and there can be joy in life. And it's learning the tools and the skills to reconnect with that voice more and be able to, you know, move away from that negative voice that is all those beliefs and stories that you formed over your life. And that's, that's kind of the hard part, isn't it? In a lot of ways is working with that negative yeah. voice. but. Let's just talk about then the, the giving yourself permission or how do you, so, you know, someone who's like, well, I am feeling pretty down and out or, you know, I've never done anything for myself. I don't even know where to start. I'm out of alignment. I'm feeling guilty. I'm, you know, all the feelings that we all feel and that you and I have both felt for sure and that many women are probably still feeling, how do you start? Like how do you, how do you make that decision? How do you give yourself permission? You know, like it really just has it has to be you doesn't it because no one else is going to do it yeah so, yeah 100% <laughs> and I, I actually um, I've been listening to um, Denise Duffield Thomas's audio book called um, Toolpreneur and I really love her work and she was talking in that in that audio book about choosing you 
Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me because she said, no one else is going to choose you if you don't choose you. And I thought that is so true. You know, you have to choose you first. You have to, you have to actually value yourself enough to say, this is my shot at life. This is my, this is my life. And I want to live it in the way that I choose and show up as my best self and be who I want to be and do what I want to do. And yeah, it's, it takes guts to do that, but to give yourself permission, the first step is giving yourself permission to put you first and to say, for example, deciding to work with a coach, I'm just using this as an example, investing, taking the step to invest in yourself. It it starts with the permission to make the choice that you are worth it, Mm. I think. And it's there's a whole series of decision and permission that comes after that but I think it's that that's what do you think Katrina I think that's the first step is is choosing you and giving yourself permission that you're worth it to make to to move out of that place Mm. and I think it's almost doing it even because you won't believe it to start with we know you won't believe it like at that very first point you won't believe that you're worth it and you won't believe that it's worth it it's like just making the decision to do it anyway just push through that discomfort and that, oh, this feels wrong and I shouldn't be doing this, just just push through that. Like that's because that's the hard part is, you know, because all the stories and the beliefs and all the reasons will come up, you know, and and it's even just tuning into that. So what comes up when you think, okay, I need to start thinking about myself. I want to prioritise myself. I want to start working with a coach. What What are the voices that come up for you? What are the stories and the beliefs that start to arise? When you when you start to think like that, and that's that's the bit that you want to tune into and push through. So because yeah, you won't feel worthy at the start, will you? I mean, that's a thing. Like it's so hard to yeah. feel like you are worth it when you start out on this journey because you haven't done that for so long. That's exactly right. It's so that is so true, and you 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 have to trust that you'll build that belief as you go through the process. Yes, and you you just need to trust that if you have the impulse to do something like, for example, joining a coaching program or any other thing, deciding to work with a personal trainer or or deciding to sign up for an online course or deciding to do that qualification that you always wanted or to put the kids in daycare two days a week, whatever Mm. it is, Mm. um, if you're feeling the impulse, there's a reason Mm -hmm. and trusting that reason that you're ready for that and and that it's okay. Mm. Um, and because we'll always have that impulse first and then all the other stuff shows up that you you know you, you just said um, that'll talk us out of it and try to keep us where we are so you've got to kind of tell that other stuff to just be quiet and and allow that that first little voice which is always your intuition to and 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 really listen to that mm-hmm. I, I yeah that's my experience oh absolutely and you know I mean come and work with you that's what they need to do if they've got that little bit of intuition <laughs> then they need and you know like there is no and I know we're both coaches so of course we're going to say this but you know that's when the big changes happen or certainly in my experience you know it's when you make that commitment and you need someone else to support you on this it's like it's like I always say when people get funny about going to psychologists or if they need therapy it's like what I don't even understand that anymore I'm like if you need help get help you know <laughs> like it's so <laughs> Just we need to normalise that, you know, take the stigma away 
And it's the same with finding a coach, you know. And and oh, I say too, like it's the same as when you go to a psychologist. Like so, so many people will go the first time, they'll be like, oh, I didn't like them. It didn't really work. It's like just try someone else. Doesn't matter. That one didn't work for you. Try another one, you know. And you have to, yeah. maybe you have to shop around a little bit, but often we can't do it on our own and we're not meant to. Like we're human beings. We're wired for connection. We we need support and we need help to do things. And, you know, let's just normalise that and say it's okay, get the support. Um, and I bet you from the people that you've worked with, you know, when they start working with you, that's when they really see the changes. Would that be right? Yeah, I think I think so. I think it, it, the timing of it's different for everyone. Some yeah. people experience shifts really quickly. Yes. And will within weeks within days mm. will start to I'll start to see messages going wow I can't believe this you know I'm this I didn't even realize this or they'll start to feel the the changes other people it might take it could take months yes so it, true. it depend depending on depending on where they're at and I really echo what you just said in that I think you've just got to give things a go, like whether that's working with a coach, a psychologist, a healer. There's so much out there now. Um, there's spiritual coaches. There's even some some energy work or just just try something. In my experience is you just try something and yep. that will kind of then lead you to the next thing. You'll go, And then you'll know, oh, that's really not for me or it is for me and I'll come again. Or it's, but just don't stay stuck. Don't yeah. say suck. Just be open. Yeah. That's, you know, be open to trying yeah. things, I think, and get curious. Like that's another big thing that we often talk about is be curious, stay open, and just figure out what works. It's, it's, it is it's such a personal journey, these journeys. Like there's so much stuff out there that you can do now, but you still have to work with what works for you. And and you're so right, everyone's different, you know, and I think we even talked about it off here. Like it's it's daily work for us now. Like the work never ends. Like once you start doing this stuff, it's not like you do it and you do a little program and I'm fixed and I'm better for the rest of my life. It's not it's not how it is. Um, it's always ongoing and it's always evolving. But, you know, again, what Megan and I often talk about is that becomes the joy. Like the journey then becomes the fun part and the learning about yourself and the uncovering it and you learn to actually enjoy all of that and, yeah, I think that's that's what I've experienced now. But you're so right. Try different things and figure out what works for you and experiment and and be open. But even that at the start can be hard, can't it? Like give, that's, again, it comes back to giving yourself permission to try something new, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. it does. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And it's it's all, I think all of it is, you know, it's it can be uncomfortable, can't it, doing mm. the work, doing the inner work, the growth. It, it's, it can be uncomfortable. But it's so worth it and what's on the other side of it is phenomenal. And once you're actually living your truth came to me just then. It sounds a bit corny but I really believe in it that when you are doing what 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 you really want to do, being who you really are, there's so much joy in that. There's so much joy in that just Mm -hmm. in general. Um, And so it's worth all the stuff you've got to do to get there. <laughs> and like, it's not always rosy, there's, you know, there's challenges and there's all of that, but at least at the end of the day, you say, well, I, at least I, I made that decision and I made that decision to give it a crack because I knew that's what was right for me. Yeah, absolutely. And you gave it a go. That's exactly right. I could not agree more. I love that. And I, so I think, um, are you still doing one-to-one coaching now as well as the program? So if someone wanted to come and work with you, they could just head off to your website and see about how they can find about 
working with you more. Is that right? Um, I'm not offering one-to-one coaching at the moment, Katrina. No, I'm I'm offering Illuminate as a standalone, my standalone program at the moment. I have got plans for some other things in the next 12 months. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I do believe in the group coaching model. There is a what you do um, have a one-to-one call with me as part of that program mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a small group so it's not too far off being one-to-one coaching um in the program mm-hmm. but th- at the moment that's my yeah that's my core offering is a 12-week it's yeah eliminates 12 weeks group a small group coaching program with some other little goodies included and is there's another one launching in September is that right that I just see on your insta page another another round launching in September yeah, yes, the next round starts on the 13th of September. That's right. That'll be the last round for this year. Okay. So um, it's exciting. I think it'll be a good way to finish finish 2021 off strong. Definitely. And, yeah, and excited about some other little things working on behind the scenes to Ooh. be able to serve more women. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I wait to hear about um, that. I have to be careful, Katrina. I don't want to go and... My challenge is not wanting to do too much, you know. Oh. I'm always like, I'll do this, I'll do that, and I'll do this. <laughs> so that the work's always there as well for me to yes. keep myself in check with remembering, you know, there's a, I have a family and I have a farm and you know all those, <laughs> all the other things that we do. I know exactly because it becomes so much fun, and you just want to like, you know, do the work and help and sort of help. Help always sounds patronising, but you know, support other women and share what you're learning. And you're like, oh, hang on. I actually still have to look after my own family too. That is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. I completely agree. Well, thank you so much for the chat today. I feel like you and I have just had the best chat. We could, we could, yeah, we really could talk all day. We'll probably get off the recording and keep talking, but it was so lovely <laughs> hearing your story and hearing from you. And I, I hope that that's been really refreshing for a lot of women and sort of, you know, it's all about sowing seeds and thinking about different ways to look at things. And, you know, it's just been just beautiful to chat with you today, Bonita. So thank you so much. Thank you, Katrina. Absolute um, privilege to be on here and really grateful for inviting me. Thank you. And having the opportunity to reach your listeners. So lots of love to everyone out there. And um, thank you. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. Oh, thanks, Benita. Thanks so much. See ya. See you, listeners. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.